Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Your soul food radio hosts. Even in the Christian community, look around. We've not taught our men how to be fathers, how to be husbands, how to be leaders in the community. People say that, you know, well, there's no, there's no instructions on how to be a good parent. It's like, yes, there is. There is too. <laughs> it's like we got the word of God. It's like you just got to spend some time with it. So Rachel and Joe Messina. Soul Food Radio, God's Word in black and white. We're at it again. Your two favorite radio hosts on the planet, I'm sure. <laughs> favorites. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They got to get with the program. That's all I'm saying. So right. uh, yeah, we're, we're the only ones they should be listening to. Come on, right? I mean, you with me on this? Either favorite ones to love or the favorite ones to hate. Yeah, I'm okay with them hating us as long as they do it for the right reasons. There, there, there is no right reason. Well, I guess okay. By the right reasons, do you mean the right reasons for what the Lord has uh, told them? Hey, they hated me. They're gonna hate you too. Yes, that kind of right. Okay, yeah, I'm gotcha. good with that. You know, yeah. I mean, you, if you if you hate me because I'm talking about that Jesus guy all the time, well, I won't lose any sleep. I guarantee. You know, mm. other than that. I don't really care what you think. That's right. We need that beauty sleep, babe. But but you shouldn't think like that, Zoe and Joe. I mean, we want people to love us, don't we? You can't reach them if they don't love you. <laughs> well, uh, if, if they don't love us and we can reach them, it's because we're reaching out with a, you know, with a baseball bat. No, I'm playing. No, no, I'm no, kidding. No, we're no, kidding. Well, no, he might be kidding, but uh, <laughs> no, it's it's it's, it's funny because you and I, you know. <laughs> You sent me uh, uh, an email said, "Hey, let's talk about this this week." And I, and I agreed. I went, I went looking for some stuff, just mm-hmm. checking things out. We'll go down the list. We'll, we'll hit them in a second here. So, okay. Um, actually, what was your topic again? We'll do yours first. Oh man! Oh. <laughs> ha, ha, let's get ha, let's ha, get the hard ha. stuff out of it. Not not that all of it isn't uh, you know uh, a challenge to talk about. Uh, but this one is, is a little bit of a challenge, man, because, uh, you know, we're talking about a, a friend of mine, right? We're talking about a buddy of mine, man. And, and, uh, I don't want to hog up the, the, the segment, you oh, know, go with, uh, for it. About we this, got 90 but... minutes, you know, what the heck? I mean, that's all. That's all we got. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Okay. So. Uh, we're talking about Andrew Clavin. We're gonna start off with Andrew Clavin. Oh yeah, yeah, and, right. yeah. And uh, you know when they talk when they talk about um, those um, elusive conservative Hollywood uh, types, um, he's he's among one of them. Uh, as we know, they're, they're kind of you know uh, spread kind of thin. And yeah. um, but out of them, even out of that short list, he's on an even shorter list of people that I really like. I mean, Andrew Clavin is is like uh, he's he's probably one of the most likable guys that I've met uh, in this industry. Yep, and uh, very approachable. Um, and and you know, he's he's like one of those kind of guys. Like I've met like uh, many celebrities, and uh, I, I, and he's the like one of the few.
could just sit and and just have a conversation with them and it there's it's not awkward there's no like awkward pauses where it's like you're you're under pressure to say something interesting uh or anything like that he's just gonna sit and he's gonna rap with you and uh just he's just he's a really sweet guy um so you know talking about this is a very difficult you know thing to do but you know it's got to be done you know and um that being said the reason why i'm talking about this is because i heard today him uh, addressing a woman who had a concern uh if she failed as a parent and she contacted Andrew on this because Andrew is a, is a messianic Jew or a, a, a Jew who happens to be a Christian. And, uh, and he has, and his son is a homosexual. And Andrew's, Andrew's son. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Andrew's sons. And so she felt comfortable, you know, and, and, and Andrew has, uh, you know, uh, had different discussions about this with different people and different plant panels and stuff like that. Um, but she called him and, uh, I just happened to catch one of this one. It just, you know, man, I, I, I just, Feel convicted. All right. So Go for and it. she's she's asking Andrew, did I fail as a parent? Did I fail as a parent because my daughter has embraced LGBT? She is a homosexual. She has declared herself a homosexual and she has renounced God. Has you know, so have I failed as a parent? So his answer to that, um, unsettled. Let me put it like that. And, uh, you know, now before now, I don't know if you if you caught wind of uh, what I had sent you, uh, if you had caught wind of it or not. But if you had, you know, before, I because I, I don't want I don't want to hog it all, man. I'd, I'd like no, to get your thoughts on it. Look, at just go with it, because the question in and of itself, did I fail as a parent <clears throat> is worthy to discuss. OK, well, to answer that question, it doesn't necessarily mean you 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 failed as a parent. Here's the deal. You're, we're instructed to raise our children up in the instruction of the Lord, and by doing this, you don't provoke your children to wrath. Okay, so that's how the that's how the statute works. Do not provoke your children to wrath. Raise them up in the instruction of the Lord. So as far as she's concerned, she raised her daughter in the church, raised them to be believers, and I guess maybe she didn't do enough or whatnot. Now, before I go further with uh, with uh, clarifying this, here's you know, please consider this: What did God do? Where did He fall short? Where as far as Satan goes, what influence, what influenced Satan to be the prideful rebel that he turned out to be? Did God fail? Oh, uh, what failure was there on God's part uh, when, with Adam and Eve's transgression? What it's like, did, was, was God like this absentee parent? Did he fail? Did he drop the ball? No, he didn't. There's just some somewhere you, you can try to do the best that you can. Give the things that you need. And, and if I can quote a, a Star Trek Next Generation quote. Hey, 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 can, what book is that in? What's Sorry, that? I'm sorry, yeah, I, got it. <laughs> I was just going to say, it, you can play a game and make no mistakes and still not win. Now, I'm not saying that this parenting thing is a game. I'm not saying that what God has in, in his creation is a game. But before you go beating yourself up with thinking that you failed as a parent, um, you know, you don't want to do that. It's almost like, uh, but here, but here's the thing: you don't endorse or embrace your child's sin. See, now that now this is where you're making the failure. Now, Clavin, among many answers, but I'll give this one right here because you know it's it it, it kind of just trails right into this. 
Clavin's answer to her is no matter what, you still love her. Which is correct. You do still love your kid. He's saying you still love your daughter and you still be a mother to her. Now, this invites a whole bunch of like, I'm sorry, like applause. The audience comes in there and like, yeah, that's right. And still love and still be a mother. And and, 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 and it's like an applause line. And they're falling for the part where it says in the word, hey, uh, or, or they're falling in line with what the word says when it says, um, lean not, I mean, um, there's a way that seems right to a man, but his way leads to death. Now, it sounds like what he said is correct. And this is what you're supposed to do. But see, here's the thing. Being a mother and loving isn't all about acceptance and, and endorsing or wrapping your arms what your kid does. You let your kid know that, hey, uh, I disagree with this. And now, not only am I going to disagree with this, I'm not going to just say, you know, well, I think that's bad, but I'll still go ahead and pay for your college. And I'll say, no, no, here's the deal. You want to live this lifestyle? Okay, well, as your parent, you chose this lifestyle, not me. You grown now. Now, if you want to choose this lifestyle, you got to pay for everything that comes with it. That's parenting. Parenting isn't, oh, you you made this decision. Well, that's bad, but I'll, I'll support you no matter what. No, you want to go to college, you better find your own money. You ain't going to pay for this. You want to have this relationship out of the statutes of what the word of God has said? You pay for that relationship. I ain't paying for y'all to go to dinner. I ain't paying for y'all to be sleeping together in your dorm room. I ain't doing that. I'm your mother. I'm not your best friend. I'm your, it's like I, I have, I'm, so, I'm to raise you up in the instruction of the Lord. You ain't going to make a stumbling block out of me. I go ahead and I endorse this. I'm sending you to hell. I'm loving you straight to hell. I'm loving you to death. And I ain't going to let you drag me to hell with you. Okay, you can't. If I do this, the Lord says I have a stone mill. It'd be better for you to have a, a, a millstone tied around your neck and tossed into the sea. That's what they set both themselves up for. So Andrew is saying that you're supposed to just love them no matter what. It's like, yeah, you love them, but loving is still takes discipline. Loving is not endorsing what people do no matter what and enabling them to do this and enabling them in their sin. So that's like the first issues that I have. And this is hard, man, because, man, I I, I like Andrew. You know, it's 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 it's. You know, like he's like I said, he's probably one of the most likable guys I've I've met in Hollywood. But this right here, man, this love your kid to death, loving people to death, loving these people straight to hell mindset, and 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 assuming that we can just go ahead and say, hey, God is okay with this. It's like no, that's creating a God in your own image. That's outlining things for God against what He said, what He has clearly said. You know, that's not love. You know, love is not, you know, and and, and well said, as, as Sonia would say, that was a mic drop moment. Uh, as, um, you know, it's, so I have kids. I have four kids. So those of you who want to go away, what does he know? He doesn't have children. Um, you know, I mean, you look at what's happening and everything you said there was right. Everything. You love your children. Okay. I always say the same thing. You brought them in this world. They didn't ask for you. You brought them. You you took the actions by which you brought them into this world, and the you know admonishment from God is to raise them up in His ways, right? That doesn't mean that the minute they leave the home, they're going to do everything exactly the way you trained them and taught them. I mean, look at your life. Look at my life. I was brought up in the church. Uh, I'm sure I took a turn, a long turn, a long detour, and came back to it. 
which is what the word says, right? So it's kind of like you do the best you can do. But uh, did you fail? No. As long – I'm going to put some caveats in that, though. As long as you were one of those people that truly lived what you believed, that doesn't mean you didn't make mistakes. That means that Sunday when you went to church with these kids, that wasn't the only day you talked about God. That means as you were living your days out Monday through Saturday, you know, did you do you pray over your food? Were you doing things in the community in the name of God? Were you showing the love of God to the people around you? Or were you just one of those guys that goes home, starts drinking your beer and yelling at your wife? That is not that is not godly. Okay? I mean, t- teaching your kids about the love of God is not uh, do as I say, not as I do. Okay? Were you a drunkard? Did you lie? I mean, the one I always like to bring up because it's the one we all do is when your kid answers the phone, you know, and he, and he goes, hey, mom, it's so-and-so from such-and-such. Well, tell him I'm not here. You're teaching your kid to lie. There are times when it's okay because, see, you're the, you're the first example they have of God's word. You're the first example they have of Jesus. You're the first example they have of truth, uh, uh, you know, and, and lie. Okay? None of that's godly. Now, you use the word accept. I break them down. I say there's acceptance and tolerance. Okay? God tolerates our sin, but he never accepts it. So if that's our example, then we need we can tolerate, like in California, uh, gay marriage. Well, gay marriage is illegal countrywide, right? I tolerate your marriage because it's illegal, and I can't be you know sticking my finger in your face. That doesn't help, but I can't accept it. I don't accept the sinful lifestyle of anybody's. Okay, so when you look, all right. Now, when you talk about your kids, whether they're your children or not, I mean, Christ said He came. He He was going to tear us apart based on the truth. So if my lesbian daughter wants me to come to her house for dinner and meet her new lesbian woman that she's in love with, my answer is no. Now, a whole bunch of Christians just cringe right now. They said, oh, my God, how are they going to see the love of Christ? If they, well, my daughter saw the love of Christ growing up. She saw it with me. She saw it in my actions. She knows what she's doing is wrong. I'm not going to celebrate her sinful lifestyle. And that's that's the problem I have. Is We forget that when you accept, you now now you've stuck your foot in it. When you to, when you tolerate, it's one thing. You know, honey, I'm sorry you choose to live with somebody. I'm sorry you choose to do A, B, and C, and D. I love you. I'm I'm praying for the best for you. I'm praying for you to come around to the real knowledge of God. But I'm sorry I can't accept your dinner invitation. End of discussion. Okay. Now, if they can't accept that, it's not your problem. And many parents go down. Oh my God! But I want to see my daughter, and I want to. No, no, actually, you don't. Because if it doesn't break your heart to see them living a sinful lifestyle, no matter what it is, then I'm not so sure you know what God's word is. Okay? Now, I want to, I wanna, when you first pitched this, I went looking around to some of the other <clears throat> pastors and what their takes on it. And I've, I found a common thread, the red thread, if you would. I found a common thread. First of all, let's, let's I'm going to do exactly what I said we shouldn't be doing. But what I want to say is sin is sin is sin. So some people call out homosexuality like it is the sin of all sins, of bad sins, of whatever sins, right? And I was saying the same thing. I watched these pastors. God, it just drove me nuts. And they're talking about sin, missing the mark, not doing God, being disobedient to God. And when they got to homosexuality, 
they always do this. Every one of them does the same thing. All right. Before I uh, get deep into homosexuality, I want you to know that God loves you. God loves the homosexual. God loves, and he goes, goes, we love you too. We don't want you to stop coming to church. I don't want you to be offended. I'm speaking with the word of God. They spend five minutes on this. And, 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 you know, what a great skit to do. All right, so when he gets to adultery, what does he say? Well, before I get deep into adultery, I'd like to say, we've all had our moments where we saw that woman or that guy that really turned us on. Everybody trips up here and there. God has forgiveness for you. And if you've, you know, had one or two or three indiscretions, it's, we don't do it with that one, do we? The only one they do it with is homosexuality. So I have to start believing that these guys are petrified to deal with this. They're dancing around the issue. Look, yes. lay it out in love. And you said something about loving your kid. I love my daughter so much. I don't want her living in sin. I don't want her missing heaven. I don't want her not to live the life that God has laid out for her. That's how much I love her. So if that means I don't see her for three years while she gets her life in order and she gets mad at me, uh, because I, she knew. I've always been like this. She knows. Do you, you, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. We have to stop, and it's one of my things this week that has really frosted me. We have got to stop making excuses for who we are and what we believe. We have to stop. Indeed, man. And you know, um, you know, Clavin being a, uh, you know, you know, uh, a messianic Jew, uh, you know, they they'll go by, you know, hey, our father Abraham, and Abraham set the model of how this is supposed to be. Um, Abraham made it very clear or was used to make it very clear that you put nothing, you put nothing before God, nothing, not even your miracle child. Right. So when Abraham said, you know, God made the call, Abraham, take son up the hill, man, make that sacrifice. <laughs> Abraham didn't hesitate. You know, Abraham made this, this was a living testimony that, Hey, if this is, this, this house going to be hey, nothing comes before God, nothing. Right. And see, you know, as far as Andrew has gone, Andrew has put his son before God. And he has put his son's sin before God, right? So it's like this kind of stuff. It's like you can't do And that's the thing about it. A lot of people are in this where it's like they're, they're so afraid of losing their children. The most important thing is to keep the family together, right? And that's not a statute that, that holds up with God at all. It's like, what, you going to put your family before me? Don't you know that I didn't come to bring peace? I came to bring the sword. I'm here to drive the sword between father and son, mother and daughter. If you guys are going to be stumbling box to each other, I'll drive a sword between you. You know, or if you want to go ahead and follow each other into hell, because that's what's most important to you. As long as you stick together, as long as you're a family in hell, that's all that matters. You know, and, and that's where people are with this. And, you know, we're not, and, and like you were said, you were saying, Joe, if they want to invite you over for dinner to in celebration of their of their union, the, the word says, hey, you're not you're not even supposed to sup with such people. Right. You're not supposed. Now, they'll they'll say that. Well, didn't Jesus sit with sinners? He sure did. Yes, he did. They wanted as, healing. They, they wanted <laughs> healing. Exactly, Joe. And, and what did Jesus say? Yeah, man, these people are sick. I, I mean, when they sit, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. You're on a rant. Go ahead. Well, I, was, I, was, I was just going to say, man, that if they sit at his table, 
they he expects them to leave change. It's like, man, you can't sit at my table, man, and 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 uh and and expect me to accept you in your sin. No, you accept that you're sinners and you need to be changed. That's why they came to him. It's like, man, we know that we got we we know that we're sinners. Yep. We want to be healed of it. So when they left his table, they left change. So that way he could sup with them again. But if they didn't want to leave, if they didn't want to be changed, well, they can't come and sit at his table again and just keep and, and, and stay in their sin. Yep. No, no, no you, you're exactly right. It's like while you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so um, my daughter says, yeah, we've decided to get married and we'd like you and, you know, mom to come to the uh, wedding. I'd have to say, you know what? I can't do that. I cannot celebrate your sin. Okay? And and that kind of thing. And I know that, you know, there's people listening right now, people will listen later on and will go, oh, my God, that's so bigoted, that's so homophobic, that's so, no, 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 no. The difference, just like, like Zoe said, right? If, if they're asking you for help, if they want you to pray for them, if they want you to help them out of the situation that they're in, that's one thing. But to ask me, or anybody else for that matter, to celebrate in your sin, I'd have to question, I'm sorry, but I'd have to question their Christianity if they said yes. You know, right? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, not, I, uh, yeah, we're not supposed to pray for people to be successful in their sins. You know, we pray for people to to receive the Lord's peace and truth. And you know, and even even Clay, you know, Clavin's, you know, he's he's misunderstanding that you know this person can have all these merits, but just because they're you know a homosexual, do you think God's really going to hold that against them? Yes, <laughs> it's like the, the Lord's like, look, man, uh, you break one sin, you break them all. And everybody's going to do that. That's why the Lord himself took on our sins, because we can't seem to do it. But if Yeshua is going to make that sacrifice, he expects us to make the sacrifice, too. And the sacrifice is of our sins and the things that we are given over to. Ultimately, the Lord prefers obedience, over sacrifice, but even in being obedience, it's still a sacrifice because these things that you know that, that you see that bring you pleasure, but you know are detestable to God, you're going to have to be like, man, I don't want to offend my God. So you got to sacrifice that thing that you brings you pleasure, but that is the act of obedience, which the Lord prefers. We got to make sacrifice, man. We can't just be like, you know, hey, God, I, I, I'm a Christian and everything, but you know what? Um, I'm going to hang on to this thing, okay? <laughs> you know, and the Lord's like, hey, man, you can't serve two masters. You know, you either all in or you're not. If you're not, man, I spit you out of my mouth. I don't do, I don't do, you know, lukewarm, but I don't do cold, man. You got to be straight up hot or you got to be a cold drink, you know, but I don't do this halfway stuff, man. I, I, I'm sorry. Am I not the God of the universe? Am I not high priest and king? You know, I think I deserve the best. I deserve the first fruits. I deserve the best, right? I mean, because I gave you my best. I gave you my blood. I gave you my firstborn. I came in a person of my firstborn. I gave you that. But but you you this uh, I'm, uh it's beneath you to give this you know to give this up. You know. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah. We we gotta go for a quick break. But when you just brought that up about God giving us His best, my I know I gotta get crap for this. But my beef with some people who go to church in ripped pants, messy hair. Sure, they might have slept in. I don't know. And flip flops, right? 
Uh, well, it, it it drives me nuts because I always say the same thing. You work in an office. Yep. You get up a little earlier. Yep. You put on clean clothes. Uh-huh. You put on makeup, right? Uh-huh. But you can't do that for church. God, God gave you his, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be a 1950s turd, but God gave you his best and you're giving him, uh, j- just making it happen. Give that some thought during the break. Joe Messina, your host. Don't go far. A lot more coming up. Music is among the most powerful ways to move a message. And much of the culture is influenced by the rotten messaging moved in a lot of music. Watch me twerk, Grandma. That's lovely, Jenny. I told you, Grandma, it's Johnny Muhammad now. Don't you ever misgender me again. If you'd like to take a slash at a perverted playlist that the culture is being mind molested by, then check out the grisly grooves of my music project, 20 Pound Sledge. Oh, that's my jam. Motivating, energetic, fist-pumping, slamming, jamming, agro-gospel workout music for your mind, body, and soul. It's American-made and patriot-grade rock and roll from the Lord. America! With a dirty sound and a clean message, unlike a lot of music coming from these American hatreds. And don't forget us gatreds. We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. So instead of letting America be led to sing along with the woke zombies, support music made for better messaging. Visit bronzeserpermedia.com for options to download or stream 20 Pound Sledge or get the albums on CD. Come get your sledge on at bronzeserpentmedia.com. That's bronzeserpentmedia.com. John 3, 14 through 16. Nobody is more invested in this idea of white supremacy than these black folks. Zo Rachel. They're basically saying white people are superior, and you guys need to stop being superior to us. Joe Messina. As I'm told on a regular basis, not that I know the black experience, but you look in the 70s and see how Italians and, and the Irish were treated in certain parts of the country. Everybody's tasted it, man, and it's like, okay, well, great. We get the we get the medal as far as victimhood, you know? It's like, is that is that the thing that we want to be able to be the champions of? We're the biggest victims in America. Give us our medal. It's like, come on, man. This is Soul Food Radio. Swing through the rhythm of the we are back. Zoe Joe is on it. And you know, I, I, I got, I got, something came to me while you and I were talking. I'm going to believe it's from God. And um, you were talking about, you know, where people are at, where fathers are at, where parents are at. And how. But I want you to think about something. The, the, the most influential entity, group, whatever, on our youth today is Hollywood, entertainers, TikTok, and so forth, right? And, you know, people always say when, when, when we were screaming about same-sex marriage or we were screaming about certain things on Disney, I mean, there's many people that won't give up their Disney. Why, why won't you give up Disney? Look at what they're putting out there. And a few Christians out there, and again, I know some of you have written me and said, well, you know, just, all you're doing is being judgmental. No, I'm giving you the word. And if you're being convicted, not my headache, it's yours. Obviously, you're doing something wrong. But go back over the years. And look at the Hollywood perversion and the shows that were on TV that you allowed your kids watch and built up. I mean, you go all the way back. I mean, and, and I'm sure there are other shows. I don't watch much TV to begin with. But you think of shows like Will and Grace. 
right? Um, and 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 one guy was gay and 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 living with another guy who was straight. Who I mean, it just just crazy stuff going on. Then Glee, right? I mean, every young person wants to be a star, and now you've got this show. That pretty much what eighty percent of the people on there were gay or looked gay or I don't mean look gay but but were perceived as being gay that kind of thing. I mean you look at all these shows that your parents get behind and go yeah 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 yeah, and then you wonder why in, in just in the last not even decade, right? Gender dysphoria, you know, gay and lesbian they they have grown by leaps and bounds exponentially, and so since this is Soul Food Radio and we're talking to Christians here. How did you do that? The Bible tells you to guide your eyes and ears. Okay, guide what you uh, guard what you let into your head, guard what you let in the brain. Replace, replace sinful thoughts with with the Word of God and with godly thoughts. And yet you sit there with your eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old. You watch Glee. You're watching Will and Grace. You're watching Disney. My two moms. My two dads. My two dads, the dog, and three neighbors. I don't know. Whatever it is, right? You're sitting there giggling and laughing and going along with it. Okay, so so I have to question, what do you believe in the Bible? Right? I mean, am I off here? What do you believe in the Bible? Jesus said, my God, if you lead one of these little ones astray, you know, you brought up the millstone in the last meeting, right, in the last show. How many people do you think know what a millstone is? I hope they don't have to find out the hard way. <laughs> People, a millstone <laughs> is what they use to grind wheat to powder. It's one of the most dense, heaviest stones there are, right? Am I, am I incorrect here? It's heavy. It, it, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it grinds the wheat. Come on, let your, let your imagination for a while a little bit here. Down to a powder, not to a granuly, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, really? Is that the thing you want around your neck while you're on the way down? I don't think so. Right. So you've allowed this to happen. Hollywood has made a billion dollars on people like you because you sit there and you let your kids sing some of those songs that have very nasty words in them. Okay. Uh, their their, their, their uh, uh, idols are, you know, Beyonce, Jay-Z, and, and so forth. What's it, Jay-Z? You said you don't need Jesus, you got me kind of thing at one time. <laughs> I did a whole show around it. He, he's exactly what he said. Right. So this is what you Christian wonder why your kids are have gone off the rails. Are you are you bringing them up in the ways of the Lord? <laughs> hey, like when Jay Z said, that's 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 some Jim Jones stuff. Like as you remind the audience, man, it's like, hey, you don't need oh, this, yeah. right? Yeah. And he he was and, and what did he end up doing? Leading people to suicide. Well, Jay Z, people I like talk about, you don't need. You got me. Uh, that's leading people to spiritual suicide. It's going to turn out really bad. Um, you know, the thing is when people, you know, this stuff maybe sounds like we're like, you know, maybe like frustrated or angry and it's not, it's not about it, I, I, it. Me too, man. Me too. Because the thing is, you know, just like you, and you, and you said it already so well, man, look at what's look at because people have embraced you know, homosexuality, look what's coming. And it's, and it's an oppression in our culture. Cancel culture is, LGBT is a big part of cancel culture. People are getting sued, people are getting canceled. And of course, now to those who are pro-LGBT, well, if they if they would just accept us. And it's like, hey, if you read your Bible, Christians who are going along with this, if you read your Bible, 
you will understand what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, hey, the, the, uh, you know, that was LGBT way back then. And the nations that were surrounding them were even calling out to God because of the oppression, not just because of the perversion of Sodom and Gomorrah, but because of how oppressive they were with it. And they were like, hey, God, you got to go. And evidently it got so bad, the oppression, and, the, and it got so bad that God had to pour out fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. So, and I'm pretty sure they were waving out them flags too. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, challenging God, you know, hey, the Noahic covenant, man, that's what that, that flag wasn't, I mean, that, that, that rainbow wasn't just put there for no reason, or actually it wasn't the point that God created the rainbow. It was when God pointed to the rainbow and used it, right? The rainbow was already there, but said, hey, when I see that rainbow, it'll remind me to not kill you guys with another flood. Okay. So, and, but when I see them clouds gathering, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm about to kill y'all. Every time, every time the clouds gather, that's what God is thinking, right? I'm about to kill y'all. Um, but, you know, right now we're seeing those flags again, just like I said, hey, when the, when the later date, when these last days come in, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And we're seeing those rainbow flags all over the place, you know, and calling in, you know, the judgment. But you got people saying out there, well, aren't you being judgmental? It's like, no. Well, number one, you, they always leave out the part where it says, well, you're supposed to rebuke the sinner. Okay. It's like, you're supposed to tell them when they're doing this. It's like, dude, you're no, supposed to lie with God. you getting that. You're supposed to love the sinner. Well, we yeah. do. We love them enough to rebuke them. Right. <laughs> you got to love them enough to tell them the truth. You know what I'm saying? So it does. And Paul himself says, Hey man, don't you know that we'll judge the angels? Right. So we, we're, we're in God's jury. The thing that people are missing about not judging is not judging hypocritically. Right. So we're not supposed to get out there and be all holier than now and and judging people, you know, with undue measure, you know, and not even reflecting on our own selves. Right. Like, say, for instance, if you're if you're a smoker, like if you're a parent who smokes and uh, and you catch your kids smoking and be like, I know that you're not smoking. cigarette, I'm going to stick you in a closet. and You're going to have to smoke this whole pack. That's not a good measurement of punishment. And it's very hypocritical. Right. That's not a good judgment call. You don't do stuff like that. You know, if you're going to rebuke your kid for smoking, you got to be like, okay, you know what? This is my last cigarette. I am sorry, son, daughter. I'm sorry that you saw me do this. Together, we're going to kick this habit. You know, I repent of my sin, of having this influence on you. It is not right to do. I'm done. I'm done smoking, right? That's that's a, that's good judgment. But you don't judge hypocritically by, like, trying to dig a splinter out of your kid's eye while you got a plank in yours, that's, That's right. how you're not supposed to judge. So people don't read that whole thing and understand how these judgments work. We are supposed to make judgment calls. We're just not supposed to be hypocrites. No, I think people who use that um, really are looking for an out. They're really looking for a way to look at you and go, shut up. You know, yeah. Don't tell me what to do, right? Mm -hmm. At least that's how I see it. Um, oh, sure. it. It's just amazing to me, truly. And and it's it's the watering down of the church. I just... Earlier today, again, I had a, about a one-hour discussion with a pastor um, because, like I talked to you about earlier, when you brought that topic, I went and looked at a couple of things, and I noticed that almost every pastor was was not dealing with the issue. Kind of, well, I shouldn't say that was dealing with the issue, but was dancing around it in order to bring it forward. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? You don't have to do that. You, you soften the blow? No, not not required. So, and and again, it's really funny when you try to talk to these people about their and about their sin. What do they say? 
Well, well why are you so perfect? Uh, don't think I said that. Yeah. Right. I mean, not that I remember. If I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're talking about, you know, I'm looking at what you're doing. You asked a question, or you matter of fact, you didn't even ask a question. You made a comment, and I'm responding to your comment. Yeah. You know, talking about that, you and I, um, <laughs> because I, I guess I must have said something that pounded on Paul. Or whatever. This person kind of feels like we're off. So let me go. Let me get through this paragraph or two. And it's the one I was telling you about, but I don't even know what to do, how to respond. So uh, in Galatians, Paul says that there is only one gospel and has ever only been one gospel. He says that those who teach a different one are under a curse, as in Second mm-hmm. Peter 3, 14, 17. Peter warns that many will misrepresent Paul's difficult writing. Oh, this was about the Sabbath. Okay, Um, this will result in destruction of those lawless people who are twisting Paul's word. Number one, Paul always kept the Sabbath. Paul believed all of the Torah. Paul stated that we uphold the Torah laws. Paul taught from the Torah. Paul obeyed the Torah himself. Paul took delight in the commands of the Torah. And Paul told us that imitate him we should still be doing these things um i i kind of know where the person is going but i'm one of those old testament new testament people where jesus came that you know um if you're supposed to do what paul did if you're supposed to do what he told you to do i'd like to know when the next sacrifice is happening because i want to come get some of that meat you're going to have left over okay Uh, i want I want to wear the the skins that I mean, seriously, and I and I think that it was the Sabbath thing that that set them off to a big degree. They feel like we should still be doing what the Torah says while doing what Jesus said, and I don't not so sure you could actually do that. Yeah, man, uh, we are we would have a hard time doing that. Uh, <laughs> well, Paul, Paul. Uh, Paul is like, look, man, I do all these things by accepting who Yeshua is, who is the fulfillment of the law. Yeshua is Torah. He's the law. He is the instruction. He's what the whole Bible is about in the first place. So, yeah, Paul is going to carry those things out. Paul, Pharisee of Pharisees, uh, understands that. I mean, because he also has to square that up because with uh, with Paul saying, hey, you still going to circumcise yourself? (laughs) You going to do that, too? Paul's like saying, man, you don't really have to do that. You want to go that whole route, man. You go, you go be judged by Torah. You go be. It's like you're inviting Moses to be judged by Moses, and you ain't gonna make it. All right. So, and and, and these sacrifices and things that we're talking about, they're not going to be done because the temple is no longer here. Uh, you know, the the Lord hasn't given His ordinance of about of, about building another one. He hasn't come and given the instruction and given the resources to say, hey, you build the temple now. Let's do it. So that temple has been destroyed. So how are you going to go ahead and do what was prescribed by Moses anyway? Um, how you do that is that you accept Yeshua as high priest and king. He is all. He is all of it. He is the tabernacle. He is the altar. He is the sacrifice. He's all of that. So the thing that we're supposed to do is be obedient according to what he has said. The commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as you would yourself. Okay, that is that's that is basically a, a, 
the condensing of the Ten Commandments. That's what it comes down to. Because all of it has to be done out of respect and love, not out of legality. All right? You don't you don't you don't sin against your neighbor. You don't steal from your neighbor, not because, mm, man, I wonder if I can get away with stealing. I, I probably won't be able to get away with it. No, you don't steal from your neighbor because of love. All right? You don't you don't commit adultery out of because of love, not because, man, I don't want to God, you know, I don't want to have, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to go through a, 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 a divorce, an expensive divorce, and all that sort of stuff, and have all this trauma, and oh, she's just gonna nag, nag, nag. Like, no, you don't do it because of that you don't cheat on your wife because you love her, right? That's why, or your, or your husband, you know, you don't. That's why, you know. So, or, or, or coveting people's stuff, man. I wanna, man, I want to take their stuff. This person you know? is extremely legalistic. It says, uh, "Let me see." Yes, the word Saturday is named after a Roman god, Saturn. Uh, as is, and it's found nowhere in the Bible. The names we currently use, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so forth, come from the Romans and are part of a Julian and Gregorian calendars. The Old Testament calendar was a lunisolar calendar, lunisolar calendar, based on uh, moon phases, which altered the Sabbath day several times a year. Also, there was no leap year where we add uh, an extra day every four years. God said, work six days and rest on the seventh. The name of the day is not important. The Hebrew calendar still has a, a leap factor. They don't do mm-hmm. it like every four years or anything like that, but they still have to recalibrate their days. Yep. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, and, and I understand, you know, that uh, our, our Gregorian calendar is, is based, it's a pagan calendar. Uh, I totally understand that as well. Um, but the Lord recognizes that there is um, the ethnos and there are B'nai Israel. Uh, he, he understands that. So he understands, the way the Lord has it set up is, you know, just like the, the, the Lord said, there's going to be a greater light that guides day, there's going to be a lesser light that guides night. You know, we understand that too. Um, it's not, it doesn't mean that we're walking out of step with God because we have this calendar. And, and but like I said, he's right. The, 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 you know, like even you got Monday for the moon God and you got like Thursday, which is even seems to be borrowed from, from uh, the Nordics because Thursday is supposed to be Thor's day. Uh, you know, it's like in Sunday, the sun God and, and all that sort of stuff. But, and I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, but does that, let me ask you a question. If I give it no place, does it matter? Right, if, yeah, when I say give it no place, Monday is just six letters. doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, because even in the, in the Hebrew calendar, basically what we're saying is Wednesday, Tuesday, I mean, a Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, 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 <laughs> six day, seven. That's, that's, that's the Hebrew days of the week, really, when it gets down to it. Right. And, and I mean, I can I can dig it. I real I, I I understand. Um, but saying Monday through Monday through Monday is not uh, when you know what it is, because of course people can be just indoctrinated by it and uh, and just not even know that they're going by a pagan calendar that that is basically celebrating pagan gods. I I totally understand or paganism. I totally understand that. We know what it is, and we do not subscribe to the pagan attributes of that calendar however for practical purposes there are seven days in a week there are 364 and a quarter days in a year uh we understand that there's going to be a leap factor to it uh it does not mean that well monday we're going to make sacrifices to the moon god and tuesday we're going <laughs> to that's not that's not where we're at <laughs> god, you know what yeah and, and i'm kind of joking but we spent way too much time on this and i said it earlier the guy's being a little legalistic here which yeah. is what turns people off. Um, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? We, we are trying to do what God wants us to do. We are trying to be obedient to the word. But I think this is where it gets a little, 
a little goofy. I'll put it that way. Um, also, as you were talking earlier, I, it came to my uh, came to my recollection, if you would, um, Revelation twenty one seven, where he says, "He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son." But the cowardly. Now, the reason I bring this up, and, and this is and, and this has come to my mind before, but uh, interesting that God, you know, I believe that God put every word in the place he put it for a reason. I, I truly believe that the, the word is laid out exactly how God wants it laid out. He could have started off with, but the homosexuals, right? But he doesn't. He starts off with, but the cowardly, comma, yeah. unbelieving, comma, abominable, right? So... So, you know, when you go down this, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, okay? These are things that make him nuts, if you would. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but the, thing, the thing that's hit home with me, because I've been on this cowardly, right, and unbelieving, one, one, the one that falls, are, aren't you being cowardly if you're not telling your kids what you know the truth is Amen. so that they make it into heaven. Aren't you cowardly as a pastor if you won't truly speak the word of God? In, and, and I say speak it in love because, I mean, it's not a finger in your face, okay? I'm telling you this because I love you, not because I want to show you that I'm, I, I, I'm better than you. I want you to be there with me. I want you to be there with Jesus, okay? And I have to question, you have to be unbelieving if you don't have um, the fortitude to put God's word, if you're being a coward about God's word, because there's so many other things you're not a coward about. You'll argue with people about your football team. You'll argue with people about your baseball team, right? You'll argue with people about what president was better than what president. Will you argue with people the same way about the word of God? Not that you have to, but you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and, and you're right. And that's like the, the, uh, the leader of it right there. That's that's the one. That's the one thing that'll get you a a, a, a first uh, a, in the front seat on the way out of the kingdom. Man is cowardice. Man. Express ticket. Yep. Yeah, express <laughs> ticket because uh, because cowardice leads to a lot of things, man. That that will be a liability to people. Um, you you hit on the on, on the head, man. You know, you're too cowardly to tell your kids to have this conversation with them. Was are you afraid? that you're going to lose your kid. It's like, you know, at, at some point you may have to have that prodigal son moment. You know, yep. it's like, Hey, I, I, I want to go my own way. Give me, give me what's mine and I'm out. And you know, you got to be parents say, okay, well go ahead. You know? And, uh, it's going to hurt. I'm not saying it's going to tickle, man. It's going to hurt. Yep. Um, but you can't, you can't allow your kid, you can't enable your kid to sin. You're going to provoke, you're going to provoke your kid to wrath, to the wrath of God. And that, that wrath is not only going to pour out on them. It's going to pour it out on you too. You know, and, and it's like, you, you know, like I said, man, you, you can't do that. You can't be a coward like that. And, you know, you sell people out. Cowardice causes people to sell people out. Cowardice gets people killed, you know, yeah. uh, at the end of the day. You know, why are you trying to save your own neck and stuff like that or trying to save your relationships? You know, did you not read where the Lord says, hey, those who be trying to save their life are the ones who are going to lose it? You know, you can't be afraid. It's like you got to trust in me. I reckon I'm the reconciler, man. I restore things, yep. you know. So uh, if you feel like this is going to cost a relationship with your kids, it's better for you to lose a relationship with your kids. Matter of fact, the word even says it's better for you to hate your family. It's yes. better for you to hate your family than to <clears throat> lose 
you know, did a loose step with me. And yeah, I mean, choosing God, choosing your family over God, it's not Don't family it. God, it's God family. Thank you. Hello, anybody home? Yeah. Is this mic on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, serious people. I, yeah. Why do, why does a, a, a Christian, somebody who's been a Christian for any length of time, why well, I know why they don't get it, because they're not being taught it. But that was a stupid question to begin with. All right. <laughs> Let's hit some of this other stuff. Uh, we got a lot going on here. Pray for peace in Ukraine. Why? God is in control. And if we're told there would be, and, and we are told that there would be strife and war. Okay. So um, we're also told to pray for peace. Several areas. Pray for our leaders. Pray for their leaders. You know, pray for men to come to, matter of fact, pray for men to come to the knowledge of Christ, knowledge of the gospel. There's a whole bunch of, the, listen, if they come to the knowledge of the gospel they, and they truly have a relationship with Christ, they won't be killing each other. All right, all yours now. Yeah, hey, that's that's what's up, man. And the thing is, you know, the word says, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, because, well, they'll be called the sons of God. So if we're going to make peace, man, we better know how. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can't. Obviously, we don't do a very good job of doing that on our own, and uh, you know we need the counsel of the Holy Spirit for that. In in in, uh, in the name of Yeshua, so we should be praying for peace, um, and how to go about by executing that. You know, to promote peace in the world. Um, sometimes there's going to be war, and now this person is saying why God is in control. Uh, yeah, as I as I've said a thousand times, yes, God is in control, man. Yes, He is. Uh, he is the authority, and authority tends to give instructions and gives marching orders. Okay, <laughs> we still have a job to do, man. Yeah. We're still supposed to be. The, 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 Jesus is our high priest. Okay, and if you are a believer in Jesus, then you are in His priesthood. All right, we are in His priesthood. We are in the priesthood of our high priest, Yeshua Hamashiach. Okay, so. In that, the high priest is going to give the priest orders. <laughs> we, we, we got the helmet that we're supposed to put on. To. Not, not only are we priests, man, we're his warrior priest. Okay, we got a helmet that we got to put on, man. We got a uniform, baby. All right? And if we're wearing a uniform, we get marching orders. We got jobs to do. That's right. And so, <laughs> and, and of course, there's going, to be, there's going to be wars, and there's going to be rumors of wars, and there's going to be strife. Oh, there's some strife happening. Well, ain't nothing for me. I just got ahead and just let the strife happen. You know, no. Uh, We're supposed to pray for discernment and make sure that we're not contributing to the problem and be absent from the problem. And as as the saying goes, hey, bad things happen when good people do nothing. And it's not just as you always remind folks, hey, you need to get informed and get engaged. Make sure you're properly informed. Make sure you are prayerfully examining the information, discernment. Don't just, okay, I found some stuff online. I'm informed. I'm ready to get out there and do my part. It's like, no, 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 pump your brakes. All right? Make sure you examine that information. Cross-reference that stuff. Make sure you're praying about it. You know, it's for the Lord to give you the savvy, give you the finesse, give you the fortification, know how to uh, to take that information and, and put it to practical use in how we're going to help preserve this republic, you know? And uh, but sometimes, a lot of times, Joe, people don't do that. They lean on their own understanding, and they just want to get out there and they say, "I'm informed, and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do something." And where it says there's a way that seems right to a man, but it's way leads to death, and we are killing this country, man. <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. But you know, it, everything you just said actually even comes back to what we were talking about. I mean, do they really believe? Right? I mean, in Revelation, you know, the unbelieving. Do they really believe it? Because if they believed it, 
Wouldn't they do it? Mm. You know, I mean, so, wouldn't they do it? So <laughs> you sit there and you say to yourself, do you, I have to question, do you really believe it? <clears throat> when you walk out to your car in the morning, brand new car, you know, got the key in your hand. All the way out to the car, do you go, I hope that's the right key. I hope this key starts the car. I hope the car will start for me. Man, I got to get in the car. <laughs> hope it'll start when I turn the key. Does anybody think like that? Unless you got a real real beater. I mean, but other than that, right? I mean, my car, 99.9% of the time it starts. I never thought in my mind when I walk in, I'm like, oh, this is my key. This is my car. And it will start this car. I'm fully convinced, fully persuaded that that's my car, my key, and it's going to start. I don't think many Christians walk out that way. You never did the dashboard patent prayer, man? Yeah. Come on, baby. Come on. You're going to start, you're gonna start for daddy today. Oh. oh, don't let me down. No, no. The one, I, down, the one I have done, though, is okay, Father. I know I didn't put gas in this car. So I just need a couple of angels to get behind the car and push me all the way to my job interview. And I promise I will get gas right after the interview. <laughs> Hey, now, uh, uh, your question about um, b- b- believing, to your question about believing, if you believe, wouldn't you do this? And now, let me, let me, let me offer this one. The demons believe, right? Like when Jesus shows up, you know, they're like, oh, son of God, man, you're not here to torture us and put, you know, put your foot in here <laughs> before the point of time, are you? And so even the demons believe, but it's like, man, if you guys believe, Where's your obedience at? Why are you guys in rebellion? You know who I am. You know? Well, and they so, believe that, who he is, but they uh-huh. believe God's word to the point where they actually believe what's going to happen in the end of the book happens. Or do they believe, now this is not anywhere in the Bible, but do they believe that they might be able to overcome and win? I think that's implied. Yeah, that's, that's fair to say. You know? I think that's fair to say. I mean, Satan sees the end of the book. I mean, think about this. Think about what this moron has going on. He sees the end of the book. He knows that everything in the book has come to fruition the way God has called it to be. He got his butt kicked once before, okay? And he's sitting. He's worse than somebody's a crackhead because he's sitting there actually believing that in the end he's going to win, right? And he's reading what the outcome is, and it ain't been wrong yet. So why do we give him... I think one of the questions are, why do we give him so much credit? Mm. Right? Uh, let me see. Oh, this was one person was like, uh, where is it? Keep making, oh, you guys, <laughs> this is perfect. You guys keep making fun of Satan. Isn't that tempting him or even tempting God? Aren't you afraid of him or what he can do? No, absolutely <laughs> not. He can do nothing to me. He can he can walk by me and, and, and whisper something in my ear. Well, she's hot looking, you know. I bet you she'd say hi to you if you walked over to her. You know, and that would be my get get behind me, Satan. I have a wife. I have a wife that God gave me. I don't need any of that. And get away from me. You you're a loser. Indeed. Yes. Yes. Man, can, can, should we like uh if we were to really dig into it, should we do it on the other side of the break? <laughs> yeah. But but since we should dig into this because People are so afraid of Satan. It's just amazing. It's like a little gnat. Anyway, yeah, we'll be back. You got me going. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go far. A lot more with Joe and Zoe yelling at Satan when we come back. (laughs) I say, let's not do this the whole 
Music is among the most powerful ways to move a message, and much of the culture is influenced by the rotten messaging moved in a lot of music. Watch me twerk, Grandma. That's lovely, Jenny. I told you, Grandma, it's Johnny Muhammad now. Don't you ever misgender me again. If you'd like to take a slash at a perverted playlist that the culture is being mind molested by, then check out the grisly grooves of my music project, 20 Pound Sledge. Oh, that's my jam. Motivating, energetic, fist-pumping, slamming, jamming, agro-gospel workout music for your mind, body, and soul. It's American-made and patriot-grade rock and roll from the Lord. America! With a dirty sound and a clean message, unlike a lot of music coming from these American hatreds. And don't forget us gatreds. We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. So instead of letting America be led to sing along with the woke zombies, support music made for better messaging. Visit BronzeSerpentMedia.com for options to download or stream 20-pound sledge or get the albums on CD. Come get your sledge on at BronzeSerpentMedia.com. That's BronzeSerpentMedia.com. John 3, 14 through 16. Nobody is more invested in this idea of white supremacy than these black folks. Zoe Rachel. They're basically saying white people are superior, and you guys need to stop being superior to us. Joe Messina. As I'm told on a regular basis, not that I know the black experience, but you look in the 70s and see how Italians and, and the Irish were treated in certain parts of the country. Everybody's tasted it, man, and it's like, okay, well, great, we get the we get the medal as far as victimhood, you know, it's like, is that is that the thing that we want to be able to be the champions of? We're the biggest victims in America. Give us our medal. It's like, come on, man. This is Soul Food Radio. We are back at it again. Joe and Zoe having uh, more fun than any two Christian guys should be having. <laughs> oh, I guess we should have all the fun we want to have, especially with this crazy stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, and plenty of crazy stuff to, to, to comment oh, this, on, man. God. And you don't even have to think about it. This, there is so much garbage. I mean, matter of fact, if you just prove two or three, um, you know, Facebook pages, you'd have enough fodder for a show like this to, to do a five-hour show, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. if you think about it. That's how crazy some of this stuff is. Yes, indeed. So hey. I, figured since, I since figured we are going to talk about the devil. We might as well kind of introduce it. Uh, <laughs> Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man You're young Stones wrote, actually wrote this song. Well, I'm sure there's a little demonic influence. Sympathy for the devil. Really? I mean, if you people got to listen to the word now, he and I were... Zoe and I were actually enjoying saying, yeah, great, some great drum stuff going on in that song. But, uh, I mean, seriously, almost like Jesus Christ Superstar, where you can appreciate the entertainment slash uh, whole musical thing around it. But, man, um, I'm not so sure that honored our Lord and Savior for the day, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a, and uh, you, we were talking about uh, Keith Richards, man, and uh, you know he's, he's been around for a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to see which one who looks older, man, Ron Wood or Keith Richards. Well, I think yeah, I think uh, Keith Richards wins out on that. Yeah, he's looking. Uh, he, yeah. I, and, I, and he has a right to, man. It's like I mean, he's he's been on the been on the road for a long time. He's been, he's been yeah, a Rolling but Stone. But I said to you during the break, I said, my God, he had to make a deal with the devil. Look at him. I mean, I, don't, I think he, he went it. through. 
Uh, Jim Beam God. or something like that. You know, the, the, the formaldehyde edition, just kind of like, uh, keep it going. Maybe, maybe it's not whiskey. Maybe it is formaldehyde. I don't know. Yeah, man. that's it. The signature blend, man. The Keith Richards signature. signature so blend. before Secret the break, we were, we were having fun with the, the fact that, that uh, a listener thought that we keep making fun of Satan. Uh, uh-huh. Isn't that yep. tempting him or tempting God? Aren't you afraid of him or, you know, or, you know, what he can do? And I'm going, no. What? He can't do nothing. Wait, wait, wait a minute. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if this person has noticed or not. And, and we appreciate you listening. And just to answer this, uh, you ain't got to tempt Satan. Satan, is, uh, you, don't, you don't have to tempt him. Okay, you can go ahead and be living like quiet little, and here comes Satan just ready to drop something on you. That's he, he, he comes after people indiscriminately. That's part of his, that's part of his gig is that he makes it look really unfair. It's like, dude, what did this person do? They didn't deserve this. Oh my good, they're, they're, goodness, their, their kid got cancer, you know, stuff like that. And, and you know, and it's like, does, does Satan care? Did they do anything to Satan? Did they tempt Satan at all? No, not at all. Uh, and it makes it look like, man, where's God? Why would God allow this to happen? You know, and everybody, if people start blaming God, God, why didn't you do something? Why, you know, uh, why did you, why, or they'll even think that God did it. You got people out there thinking, said, well, and God went and took them to heaven. It's like, God didn't come and kill your husband or kill your kid or anything like that. So God came and took them. And no, if God came and took anybody, you gonna know it was God. All right. <laughs> God, if somebody drops dead because God ordained it, or made you, uh, uh, or or made somebody drop that you gonna know that it was God. Uh, but other than that, people are subject to death. The devil has been given dominion. The devil comes to kidnap and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. At any rate, <laughs> to being afraid of the devil? No, I'm not no. afraid of the devil at all. He can, he can, Yo, he can go in, scratch. In First Peter five, he says, uh, "Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour." Now listen. I read into things, too, so I'm sorry, but I do. Seeking someone to devour. If the word said, you know, devours everyone he sees, then maybe I tremble a little bit, okay? But he's seeking someone. He's seeking a weak Christian. He's seeking somebody weak in the Lord, somebody who's weak in mind, all right? And, And Peter says that Satan wants to devour and destroy you like a roaring and hungry lion. He's looking for somebody who's weak. He's looking for somebody he can take advantage of. Don't be that person. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I know this sounds kind of uh, like we're trying to blow it off, but we're not. Revelations tell you, when you see what he is in the end, you're going to be like, uh-huh. really? <laughs> that thing caused all this trouble? Yeah. So. That's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Lord, the Lord is the only one worthy of, of our fear. Right? That, the one who made us and, and an ingredient in our in our makeup is fear. It says we're fearfully and, uh, and wonderfully made. Yep. And uh, so if the person if that person is the one who's in charge of that and is part of our makeup and he uses it right, then we'll save that fear for him. And because that is the beginning of wisdom. Yep. Uh, if you're if you're subtracting your fear from God and you're giving it over to the devil, well, that's an insult to God. That's the thing that you should be afraid of. Yep. <laughs> you know? So oh, yeah. uh you know, what the devil can do, yeah, the devil can do some nasty stuff. He can do, he can do real, some really nasty stuff. Uh, we, we understand that. Uh, but all the more reason, and, and why does he do that? You know why he does it? Because he's a coward, because he's a punk. You know, it's like, it's like, from, it's like, from, from oh, there you uns- go again. You're making fun of him. I know, I know, right? <laughs> but the devil, from an unseen position, 
comes and does these things to people and leaves God to take the blame for it. He's the coward. And, and doesn't the word of God say, hey, cowards won't inherit the kingdom. There's a special place dug out for the devil, baby. And uh, so, you know, it's this, why should we fear this coward, this bully? He's a bully and he's a coward. You know, so now nah, I say that fear for the one who's going to put that foot on stop a mud hole. The devil's behind, man. Mud hole. Yeah, people, people just the fear that the world just it's just like what they've done with us, like Hollywood has done with us. And, you know, we don't want to be called a racist we don't call a homophobe or a bigot or anything else. But who are they coming after? They're coming after Christians. They're coming at, at us because we're supposed to be, for lack of a better term, supposed to be sold out to our faith, sold out to our God. Um, you know, you need to be like David. Don't do that to my God. You need to be like Joseph. No, I won't. You know, I won't allow you to do that to my God, kind of thing, right? I mean, it's just amazing to me, and we're so far away from that today that it's pathetic. I mean, it, it really—I won't say it hurts my heart because I don't want to sound like one of those guys, but it does. It bothers me that men of God, people I thought were strong, really strong in the Lord, are now, you know, not looking at different things, but speaking differently about the fight. A lot of them don't want to talk about the fight, although God talks about the armor, right? I mean, a lot of them don't think we should be talking about warfare and fighting and all this other stuff. Go, wow. Do you read your Bible or you just hold it in your hand? Right on. <laughs> so, all right. You ready for this one? All right. All right. Do you have to kneel to pray? <laughs> it, almost, it almost seems like we chuckle every time we do, we laugh. <laughs> oh, because it shows you, again, conditioning, right? How many mm-hmm. pictures have you seen somebody on their knees looking up to heaven, okay, right. um, hands clasped, right, mm-hmm. or, or, or hands clasped, head bowed? I mean, where did he come from? Mm. Right. Now, um, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly like, for lack of a better way of putting it, like the question, do you have to kneel to pray? You, we get to, okay. We have a high priest, uh, in Yeshua. We have, who is God incarnate. Uh, he is worthy of our kneeling. Okay. Um, do I kneel every time I pray? No, no, I don't. Uh, but I tell you what though, man, there are times, it's, it's not a point of, oh, well, I got to pray. I got to man. Sometimes I just do. Sometimes I just fall to my fall. Sometimes, man, I go to I go just to my face, put my face to the ground. Because sometimes the Lord just, you know, I'll be studying, man, and then the revelation of what He was meaning that just shows who He is, who He's always been, man. Just sometimes it just drops so heavy, man. It's just so deep. It's like it's just like, oh man, God, wow, it's a mind blower. And I'm just like, man, thank you. You are just. Woo! It's 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 inspiring, man, and and it's like I have I have a king, I have a king, man, who's worthy of that. So it's not a point of having to, man. I, it's it's an honor. It's an honor where it's just like by my I, I'm given the choice of seeing whether he's worthy or not, and man, he is. So heck yeah, man. Sometimes man, I'd be in my studies or you know or or whatnot or somebody you know, may contact me out of the blue, say, man, you know, I was in, you know, I, I used to, some people be like, I used to troll you. I, and, but you know what? Now I see the truth in what you're saying. You know, it's like, I, 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 I've received the Lord and I recognize that he's the truth. Man, you better believe I'm a fall to my knees. 
<laughs> it's like I'm like, thank you. Celebrate just like the angels in heaven do, man. So, you know, do I have to? No, you know. But my pride, hey, I, I, I don't, I don't do the pride thing. Pride will keep you from going to your knees. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, but just sorry, man. Just to answer your question, no, you don't have to. And do I kneel every time I pray? No, I don't. Sometimes, hey. What if you ain't got no knees? I mean, wash your legs in the water, thank you. right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> thankful, they, be thankful that you could kneel, right? That's another thing to be thankful for, you know. No, but but I do. I I, I take a little different tact on it because I I I um I look at things where the word says pray without ceasing, and prayer is communication between you and God, and you know do when you have the opportunity, sure. But I think that what you need to remember when it comes to prayer, and this is where I I hate that people get hung up on certain things. It's almost like you have to have a reason or they've been conditioned that you have to have a certain or special reason to pray. And therefore you assume the position, uh, you get a prayerful attitude, you, whatever it is that uh, gets you ready for prayer. Right. And I don't look at it that way at all. I mean, when you're rolling out of bed in the morning, you want me on the knees. I'll probably get a flat on my face or my back or something. You know, I get out of bed in the morning, and the first words out of my mouth, uh, you know, it's, hey, Father, thanks for another day to show your love and show your understanding and show what your word is all about. What are we doing today? You know, what's, what 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 do you got on your calendar for me today? Okay, kind of thing. And that's not on my knees, and that's not my head bowed. That's not my hands clasped, and that's, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's, if prayer is truly, as is defined, open communication between you and the Father— then, yeah, there are those times, to your point, there are those times where you, you would go to your knees. There are those times where, where it's, it's, it's worthy of it or supposed to be so. But be in constant contact, right? Driving down yes. the road. Do not bow your head and close your eyes. <laughs> not what you want, okay? Um, but why not? Instead of having that radio on with that nasty music on, why aren't you talking to him? Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, you, you, you're going out to finish up a job or check your guys on a job. You know, hey, Father, appreciate all the stuff that you've, the doors you've opened for me, the things you got going on for me, you know, and I'm really blessed by them. And, you know, if there's anything else that I can do, if there's somebody who needs help, let me know, show it, reveal it to me so I can be a blessing for you. You know, those, those are the conversations you'd be having with God, not driving down the road, crying your eyeballs out, going, well, come on, I don't have this. And so-and-so's got that card. I don't have that card. Now, come on, I want that card. And it's like, stop. Just stop. Converse with him like you would, you know. Anyway, and I'll get the emails on that one, too, because you don't converse with the king. Uh, actually, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out in the garden talking with him. I'm out fixing the hoses, the, the, the sprinkler system, because if I ain't talking to him, I'll be swearing up a storm. That's how mad I'm getting, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, a, come on, Father, can you just zap this thing and put it back together for me? Show, show me where the leak is. I'm going to keep digging this stuff out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think people get, and, and, and if this comes out wrong, you, know, you can correct me, but I think people so get, get so caught up in the majesty of God and the universe that they forget that he's your dad. He wants a relationship with you. Okay, I mean, if if he was that, if he was, you know, 
that mean, if you would. All he'd have to do is zap the place after Adam and Eve and start all over again. <laughs> Get the yeah. people he wants in here. But he wants a relationship with you. Yes. And I know that some some pastors take that to the wrong place, but God wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be he wants you to be he calls you his son. He wants you to be his son and his daughter. Yeah. So I mean anything wrong with that? No, not at all. I mean, we, we, we recognize him as, I mean, he is God of the universe. That that carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but the thing, it, but at the same time, when you when you have that understanding, you lean on him for, to know how to have a relationship with, his, with yep. him as well. And his relationship isn't legalistic. And, and for all intents and purposes, there's going to be protocols. I mean, he's the king. You approach the king a, a certain way. You don't yep. approach the king any old way that you want to. You know, it's, you don't you don't do that. Uh, but in realizing that, you know, you, you lean on him for the understanding, and then from there, you, you you have a relationship. It's just like with anybody else. There's boundaries. You have a relationship with anybody. With this, there's going to be boundaries. How are you going to conduct yourself around people? You don't want to always you know, assume that you can be too comfortable with people, right? That's that's a, that's a good way to end a friendship. Um, you know, it's the same thing with God. But you don't just assume to be too comfortable. He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's our comforter. But being our comforter, you don't assume to get too comfortable with them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you with anybody. You know, it's respect. You know, it's funny you're talking about this. And, and a while back, a friend of mine called me. And, and he wasn't, I really believe he wasn't looking for me to tell him it was okay. But he was wigged out because something happened in his life. And he was at the beach and he was on the beach swearing at God. And yelling at God and how could you let this happen to me and you know I've been this I go to church I do you know I, I I've always done what you wanted me to do and that kind of stuff <clears throat> and and he says I don't know what to do now I, I don't you know I mean if I yelled at my father like that my God I can only imagine what would happen he said, I don't know what to do about this and I said simple you had a moment yeah still feel the same way no then you dropped your knees you go I'm sorry that was I'm sorry I lost control of my my tongue I lost control of my mind for a moment. I don't like this. I don't want this. You know, forgive me and, you know, help me turn this around. That's it. Yeah. You don't, it's not 20 years of penance, right? <laughs> God's got a little right. thicker skin, not worried about one of his kids <laughs> yelling at him, you know? That's right, man. Just repent, you know, and the Lord helps you with the repentant process. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, he helps you to get over it. You know, you don't assume that, we just clean ourselves up and, you know, and when we fix ourselves up, we'll go ahead and go to God. You know, it's, you know, you're not, not saying that this is what this person is thinking, but a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people think that they have to do these things to show that they've, yeah. you know, cleaned themselves up from their mistakes and whatnot, or, and uh, then they'll take it to God. It's like, no, no, if you understand that you've done wrong, repent immediately and then, you know, let the Lord go ahead and help you with that process. He's got you, you know, that's, that's the condition. It's like, hey, you repent, be straight. But, but so that's that's kind of where, when people go in their heads that, uh, um, that create, see, they take it to the point that creator of the universe. Yeah, but that creator of the universe is your father. He says you want to, you're my son. I want a relationship with you. Your daughters too, and it's just like all this other stuff. They get in. I don't. What do you want to call it? Uh, I don't want to call it traditions because it's not tradition, but it's it's a mindset that God works a certain way or acts a certain way or, or that oh, kind of stuff. Pious. You know? What? 
this like overly pious or this just this piety human you know human idea of piety right you know to to your to your point about we think we need to be cleaned up right we need to think we get everything right my god if that was the case um you might be 92 before you even ask God for, you know, a, a little time because you never get it cleaned up. You're working at it all the time, you know. So um, anyway, I just again, I sit there and I think about this stuff and I get these questions from time to time. And it, and it kind of drives me nuts that people haven't figured out that God is not untouchable. He's not unreachable if you would he's not uh, uh if nowhere else it's in that thing that book that you haven't opened in 20 years sitting in there and one of the i hope sitting in one of the drawers in your house kind of thing. I, right hey so you hold, you hold his, his breathe grit you know that's right there it's you know and, uh, he bled for that 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 bible is written in blood you know yeah. so uh, <laughs> yes it is <laughs> so you know we got it right there and Get out there and speak it. Well, and, and again, some people have, you and I talked about, uh, what was it, the um, daily devotionals and the need for them or not need for them or whatever. And um, I've been thinking since that show, what is a devotional? And what is, you know, to me, every morning, I, I guess, is it a routine? Is it a reminder? Is your devotional a reminder? Um, that God is on the throne and you need to give him his, his time, if you would. What does it do for you? And I'm thinking, well, I get up every morning. I give him his time. I give him his, uh, you know, acknowledgement, whatever whatever you want to call it. I start the day off with him. We should start off everything with him. That's right. Right? So it's kind of like, what? A, give give away some family secrets. we got a few minutes here. What do, what do you do? I don't say it's ritualistic, but that is something you feel that you start your day off with or not. Oh, you, you hit it, man. You start the day off with uh, letting the Lord know how thankful you are. You know, it's like, look, man, thank you for another opportunity, you know, and help me to do what's right in your sight and wise in your eyes, man. God, order my steps. You know, it's like, what can I do, you know, to, uh, to, 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 that's pleasing to you, you know, to how to conduct myself around people. So, it's, you know, just, you know, help me out. Help me to make the best and most of today. You know, it's, it, you ask these questions that are aligned with that. It's like not a, a, a sort of routine thing, but that's the mindset. You're grateful. And out of that gratitude, it's like, hey, Lord, put me to work. You know, what can I do? And uh, it didn't go from there. No, I, 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 people, they get so hooey with everything else going on around them. It's just like, bring it back down. Yeah. Again, he's the creator of the universe. But if you make it so big in your mind, you'll never approach him. You'll always be, I mean, think about how gooey, oh, I hate this, how gooey that some people get or, or whatever when a congressman walks in the room or a senator or the mayor of the city or, or, or whatever. And you're going, really? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you sit there and you, and you just want to say, why? He's just a man like you are. The real, the, the, the real the real part of this is where do you stand with Christ and are you sharing that with other people? That's all. Yep. So anyhow. All right. Well, I got no more questions. You got any for me? Was there, uh, did we tackle that one, a uh, major Paul email, uh, about how yeah, that was that all... one that had all the, we should be doing with the Torah and nothing else. And, Oh, okay. Know, okay. 
Yeah. So we kind of skip down the line. I still want him uh, to tell me when he's ready to sacrifice those bulls, let me know and I'll come over and watch and partake of the meal afterward. Yeah, make sure you and use that. Uh, if you're going to do that, uh, make sure that you got some KC masterpiece. Uh, that's some good barbecue sauce right there. And uh, we'll bring the potato salad. And, uh, <laughs> I'll and, bring the bread. Mac- yeah, yeah, bring the bread, <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Uh, <laughs> okay, we did we did miss one this time though. We did miss one. I, my my fault. I'll take uh, I'll take the, I'll take the heat on this one. Oh. We did. Okay. okay. We did. Uh, how do you argue biblical principles to one who doesn't believe? Well, mm. Actually, not simple. Was... You don't. <laughs> you can't yeah, argue a biblical principle uh, with someone. You know, you can't, you can't tell somebody God doesn't like abortion who doesn't believe in God. That's like useless. Yeah. And, so, and the thing is, uh, I mean, actually, to tell you the truth, I was having more fun talking about that uh, than burnt offerings and what we can do with that barbecue. Uh, but since we're going to talk about <laughs> we'll tie it in there anyway. If, if, if this person, uh, we're going to uh, try to tell somebody about these biblical principles about somebody who doesn't believe. Well, the word says don't cast your pearls before a pig. Uh, instead, take that pig and uh, slaughter it and put it on a barbecue and add some of that KC barbecue sauce <laughs> and, some, and some mashed potatoes and, and, uh, or the extra potato salad. And, uh, but no, okay, for real. Um, Number one, I think in the culture, we're taught, you know, that we're supposed to leave God out of it. If people don't believe, you can't take God into it. It's like, no, if they don't believe in God, that's their problem. I'm not going to let them make it mine. God is welcoming in my argument. Okay, God leads my argument. And I, I'm not going to let them take God out of it just because they don't believe. Well, I do believe that he exists. So there's your belief or lack thereof uh, uh, in contrast with mine. I ain't letting go of my faith. So um, in terms of them... In terms of arguing biblical, uh, arguing biblical precepts or promoting uh, these biblical principles to them who do not believe, um, well, they still have to present what their virtues or their morals or anything like that are based on. What does it come from? See, we have a, we have a basis of where ours comes from. They do not, you know, and even if they, no matter at the end of the day, they're still going to be borrowing those virtues from us. You know? So yes, I'm going to make those points from the word. Now, however, I agree with you. I just don't sit there and go, you know, in uh, Romans chapter five, verse three, I, I don't do that. I use the <laughs> biblical principle and just lay it out there for them because yes. look, biblical principle, the Bible, it applies to everyday stuff. So, <laughs> Don't be holier than thou and shove it down their throat. Just lay it out there so they have to think about it. They have, where'd you come? And, and I guarantee you at some point in time, when you're conversing with somebody like this, don't argue, converse, they'll come back to you at some point in time and say, where'd you get that? Where did you find out about that? You go, oh, this book that you don't believe in. That's where it is, right here. This is what it says, <laughs> right? And, and again, I just, I love that stuff because I think it drives the point home that the word has been, uh, you know, God's word is there for us 2,000 years ago and 10 minutes ago when you were talking to somebody else. You know, it's never changed. It's always got the same principles, and you can rely on it, constantly rely on it. And that's where where people maybe, – maybe we've gotten so – we've gone so sideways and where we can't believe government. We can't believe uh, what we read now anymore. We can't believe what we're seeing on the screen in front of us. And that's what's causing people to question their belief in God. I don't know. Sure, sure. Man, and, and, um, you know, on the Babylon Bee, and I, and I like those guys, man, and I've done some work with them. And, uh, I, you know, and, I, I like them too. Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, they, they had a, uh, 
you know, and, and it, there's always room for improvement for everybody, right? And 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 I saw them do an interview uh, with uh, Elon Musk, and man, they had an opportunity to break it down with him because he was asking. Now he was asking in a facetious manner. You know, asking about the thing of like, it's like, you know, the, you know, the typical questions right, of, right. you know, scoffing God or, you know, with uh, uh, how did he make the fish and all that sort of stuff. And they didn't they didn't present him with a solid answer. You know, they, they didn't it wasn't a point of them trying to really defend the faith. And the thing is, logically, Elon, you can't answer. You can't give a natural answer to something that happens supernaturally. Okay, because it wouldn't be supernatural anymore. Now, would it? it wouldn't be a miracle. It's not about explaining how something was done in the supernatural. It's explaining the why, right? So when Jesus does these things, pretty much all the time, I mean, almost practically all the time, Jesus does things to let you know who he's always been. They're correlated to things that happen in the Old Testament. These are this is, oh, he's taking these steps to fulfill prophecies and fulfill the instructions that were happening, either uh, Levitical instructions or things that went on in Exodus. And because he'll tell you, he's like, "Hey man, Moses was talking about me, all right." And I'm going to show you these things to let you know that I was the guy instructing Moses on how to codify the law. That was me, right? So that's why he does these things. Now you may not believe the miracles and whatnot. I don't expect you to because you don't believe, but we can talk about the why. Yeah, it was. It, I have a, a, a um, I'll say a different approach, but you know, it's just like when when the Students for Life approached me years ago to kind of uh, be a pseudo sponsor for them, not a sponsor, but you know, somebody would support them, and and I do support them. I said, you know, guys, you need to you need to really pray about this because God tells us, you know, we're supposed to be strategic, we're supposed to have a plan, and. When you guys go into court or you go into these colleges and you say abortion is bad because God hates it, about half the people walking by giggle at you because they don't believe in a God. Okay? And, and that doesn't mean God doesn't exist. It just means they don't believe in a God. So first and foremost, you know, where are you showing the love of Christ on campus? What are you doing? How are you acting out there? That's number one. Okay? Because when you're having... I've. Look me, I've had conversation with rough, rough, tough guys, and I get in the Word. I start talking about Jesus. They'll ask me why I don't do certain things, and I'll say, because, look, I believe in God. I have to answer to him for the stuff I do. So you guys go do your thing. I'm not going. It's not the right thing to do. And sometimes you'll even say, I've had guys say to me, what makes you so righteous? I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back off here. Let's just talk about this. And it opens the door for me to speak the Word to him. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm able to, I'm able to get to the Word without initially slamming them upside the head with the word. And right. that's why I try to tell people at times, because a lot of our people will start off that way. You know, well, you know, John and, and or, 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 or revelations that says this, or, you go, okay, I don't believe that book. So why are you quoting this crap to me? Right. Right. Be, yeah. be wise in, in doing this. Ask God for the words to say, he'll give them to you. And, and I guarantee you, Nine or ten times, it ain't going to be, uh, quote, Romans uh, you know, 3. No, no, no. Talk to the guy. Here's what turns that guy on. This is how you get him to listen to you. Yeah. So, anyway. That's right. Yes. I no, think don't, so. Don't, right, right. It's <laughs> like, you know, don't, don't take liberties with the Scripture, but you can no. actually, the Lord expects us to be well-crafted, even in our words. You know, it's like, speak skillfully. This is the word. This is what you draw from. Now, shape 
you know, these things. And you're right. You can't assume to be talking to this person, giving them a sermon. (laughs) They want to have a conversation, not a sermon. And you can, you can, and now, like, even for myself, will I invoke the word of God? Sure. You know, but I'm not, I don't do it in in such a uh, regimented fashion of, well, you know, according to, just like you're saying, uh, you know, according to John, you know, four. And so, you know, I I don't do it that way. I may invoke scripture. And I try to make sure that I'm grounded in scripture, even though I'm shaping the words in a way that, you know, uh, they can digest it easier. Right. And then that question may come up. Where is that in the Bible? Ah, you know, because I yep. do I do get asked that question. Does that does the, does the, does the Bible really say not not as a challenge, but nice. as a curiosity? They may ask, does the Bible really say that? Yeah. Yeah. And then we can go to it. You yep. know, if you present it if you present it well enough. You know, according to the Lord, you, you just let the Lord go ahead and uh, let the counsel of the Holy Spirit, you know, guide you in the fight yes, I mean, or in, in the struggle of it. I don't like to be I'm sorry. I don't mean to say a fight, but sometimes it is. It, we, we wrestle, right? Against fle- uh, not against flesh and blood. And all R- wrestling you, yeah, you know wrestling is not a soft s- sport. So, <laughs> right? yes, it is a fight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one last thing. You know, I've had several teachers tell me over the years that um, – they're Christian teachers, and they'll say, you know, Joe, what we do in the classroom, or what some of us do, is you may you may speak or tell a story or use a phrase that's biblical in nature. And inevitably, a child will come up to you at some point in time, a student will come up to you at some point in time in your classroom and say, hey, where did you learn that? You know, what philosopher said that? And they just go, well, no philosopher said it. It's in the Bible. And here's where it is in the Bible if you want to check it out on your own. And they get around that whole thing where you're not supposed to proselytize in school. You're really even not supposed to talk about uh, the Bible per se. But when a child asks you, you have these cool sayings, where do you get them? Or you keep saying this, where do you, where do you get that? How do you know that's true? And right. it's great to see that happen because remember that a, that a teacher, especially a high school teacher, are one of the most trusted persons in a community. Yes. Right? What better way, if they're smart, to your point... If they're smart, um, to turn a child onto the Word of God without actually being up in their face with Scripture, yes. and I thought it was great. I thought it was a great idea, um, and and I I hope they pass it on to other people as well. You know, sure. Well, all right, it's time to eat, or I'm going to pass out. <laughs> we'll be back with the people next week. Joe and Zoe, Soul Food Radio. Check it out, SoulFoodRadio.net. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.